Welcome. My name is Walford Kaufman. I'm the pastor of Southside Baptist Church in Gaffney, South Carolina. And this is our online sermon. We're putting this together uh, to be able to play, uh, not depending totally on the live streaming, especially if you're doing a drive-in worship service. But we welcome you to worship. Go ahead and be opening your Bibles up to 1 Peter, the first chapter. We're going to be looking at verses 13 through 21. 1 Peter 13 through 21. This letter here, written by Peter to the early church, he was not writing to a specific need. He was not writing to a specific church. He was just writing to the Christians who were starting to undergo persecution. Now, you might think they had been undergoing persecution all along. That's not the, that's not the way it was. In the early days, the Roman government pretty much let them have a lot of freedom. You don't mess with us. We don't mess with you. You know, that kind of thing. And so they had freedom until a particular leader came into being. His name was Nero. He was a little bit psychotic and uh, did things some weird ways. And they said he loved to build. And that's probably the reason why he burned Rome. He wanted to rebuild it. But uh, the fires got started, many lives were lost, property was destroyed, and they got very angry. But did Nero take responsibility? No, he had to start pointing to the early Christians. And that's when the persecution started. So it kind of sounds like what's going on in our church of today and our world today. Look what happens. The church has kind of been the blessing of the communities. You, any church gets started, excuse me, any community got started. The church was one of the first things that were built and the schools that were started, even government business that used to go on inside the church buildings in the early days. But now look what happens within days, within hours. There can be rules and guidelines and laws that can close down a church. Not only close down the church, can close down Bible studies. I mean, you think about when all this got started, we can't have a group this size and this size and this size and this size. I mean, are actually getting to the point where you can't even have a Bible study hidden behind closed doors. What's happened? People behind walls, people behind masks. And the worst thing today, people that are behind fear. Yes, we're living in a time of fear. The other day I heard a, a radio show. It was a lady broadcasting about the murder hornets. The murder hornets. And you say, oh, how terrible that could be. They're over, what I believe, in, on the West Coast in Washington State. Uh, but these are some terrible insects. They come in, and who, what they're murdering is honeybees. And we don't want to lose them. We want that honey. But the way this lady was going about, you sound, it sounded just like uh, these, these hornets were attacking humans. And she even closed out her particular segment of that radio show before turning over to the host and saying, just another reason to stay inside. Why did she say that? Why did she say another reason to stay inside? Do we have a society that is promoting fear? Do we have a society that's promoting isolation to the point and I know you've heard this, and thank goodness some of these guidelines are starting to kind of let up a little bit. But even to the point where some of these guidelines are saying in the last days, your husband, your wife of 50, 60 years, you can't even go and hold their hand when they take their last breath if they're in a hospital. Now tell me, what's going on? Did God not give us 
common sense? What is happening? Some have asked, is this the end of time? I don't believe it is. I believe this is a dress rehearsal for the end of time. And so here the early church is being persecuted. Today, let's be honest, the church, the church is being persecuted. So what can we learn? Let's look at God's word. First Peter, the first chapter, verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believed in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today, we need to be claiming this scripture more than anything else. Our faith, our hope is to be in you and you only. You bless us with smart people. You bless us with people that are really looking out for us. And so let us be wise in listening. But most of all, let us listen to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I uh, read a lot of scripture, but really I'm concentrating on just one scripture today. And that's verse 13. And so there's three things in that one verse that we're going to be looking at. The first thing is prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for action. Take the news of today and filter it with the Word of God. You know what I'm talking about? The Word of God and filter all the news. And then I want you to take the, the what is it, uh, Facebook and Instagram and any of these other social medias. And I want you to treat them like it's a comic book. Like it's a cartoon. You remember the cartoon pages as you used to go through? Oh, that's what we need to be looking at all these things. But most of it is nowhere anywhere close to the truth. And then what we need to be doing is take the precious word of God as our true knowledge. Our true knowledge. You say, are you serious, preacher? You know, are you that stupid? Yes, I want to tell you something. I am so stupid, I know I'm smart because I'm smart because I know I'm stupid and that the one that is smart is God himself. I, I think I confused myself on that one. But think about that. I know, I have to admit, I don't know everything, but I do know the one who does know everything, our Heavenly Father. I heard a, a real live medical doctor must have been a fairly young lady because she was talking about having her second child. And she was being interviewed. And she was talking about all this is going on, uh, COVID-19 and all this. And she said, do you know why these so-called experts, the ones that tell us today, do it this way, this is what you need to be doing, how to handle it. And then just a day or two later, come right around and almost contradict themselves 
almost totally, they said, this is what you need to do. Now, this is what you need to do. And no, not what that was you were doing earlier. You know, this medical doctor, she was smart enough to say this. The reason why they're saying this, they may be experts, but they're not experts in this particular endeavor, this COVID-19. They don't know this has never happened to them before. We have a God, though, that has existed from the very beginning. He was the beginning. He is the end. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He was in control back then. We have a God that's in existence today. And sometimes we're forgetting that. We have a God who that's already in tomorrow. That's right. God is already in our tomorrow preparing everything for us. And so study the word of God. That's what it means by prepare your mind for action. That is you reading the word. Not just waiting on the, the teacher, not waiting on the Sunday school teacher, that you yourself get in the word of God. If you can't read, uh, get into listening to the word of God. But make sure it's the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. Seek God's voice. Not the news reporters, but God's voice and pray that you will truly listen and obey what he tells you. That's preparing your mind for action. Some of the translations says instead of preparing your mind, it says gird up your loins. That's that concept in those day, biblical days when they wore those long robes. And so it, for them to run, it was hard. For them to do something with a lot of action, it was hard. And see, with those long rows, most of them had a belt or a girdle type wide around the waist. And so when it came time to run, when it came time to be about action, what did they do? They took those long gowns and took them into that belt. They took them into that belt. And then... They needed to be about that work, right? Believers, every morning, tuck in your robe. In other words, get ready for action. Every time your feet hit that floor, each and every morning, even Saturdays if you got a break, you still need to do it. The world is telling us there is no hope. That's what the world is telling us today. There is no hope. But be reminded of this. The world told the Israelites... When they were in slavery in Egypt, you had no hope. How many years there? A long, long time. And the world said you had no hope. But God sent Moses, Moses into that country. And by the time he got through, well, God using Moses got through with those Egyptians. They said, get out of here and here, take all our possessions. They loaded them up. Take our jewelry, take the finest we got, just get out of here. And the world said that couldn't happen. And then when they got to that sea and all that water and they looked back, the world told them those Egyptians are mad. Those Egyptians are going to come and annihilate you and they're going to kill every last one of you. That's what the world was telling the Israelites. But what did God do? He split those waters. It opened up and they walked across on dry ground. When they got on the other side, they didn't even have to scrape the mud off their shoes, did they? It was dry ground. And what happened? That mighty Egyptian army, the most powerful of that time, was going to be running into that water. That's what the Israelites did. But God, he brought a drowning upon them. The world said, no, 
God said yes. Be reminded of that. And let's also be reminded of this. When they got to the, the walls of Jericho, the people of Israel, when they got there, the world said, those walls are too high. Those walls are too thick. You can't do it. And what God says, listen to me and do what I say. And what they did, walked around one day, walked around. They continued on that last day. They walked around seven times and the walls came tumbling down. The world said, no. God said, yes. Folks, were those fairy tales back in those days? Were those just fairy tales that we're not supposed to be living out today? The world says no. God says yes. It says yes. Simple obedience. See, the world is telling us to shut up. The world is telling us to sit down. The world is telling us don't do a thing. Don't do it all. The world is telling us to give up. I mean, I only hope today, think about it, this is what the world's in, not until we have a vaccine. Not until we have this medicine. Not until everybody, everybody is to be able to be tested. That is when we will find hope. No, we find our hope not in a vaccine, not in a medicine, not in a test. Our hope is in a mighty God. In a mighty God. We need to pray for those in the medical field. And there are believers in the medical field. Pray for them. Pray for that research team that comes up with that vaccine. And pray for, I mean, there may be some folks out there right now, they have no clue that God's going to use them to come up with that vaccine, that medicine. But see, our God is still in control. Our God is still a God of miracles. Of miracles. But are we, are we a people of faith? That's what we're, God's not changed. Is it we that have changed? When Jesus said, go into all the world, he didn't put in small print down there, go into all the world, except when you got COVID-19. He didn't do that. When Jesus said, love your neighbor, he didn't say, you know, the only way to do love your neighbor is through Facebook and Instagram and just forget about that personal, loving, caring touch. That's not what the God did. He said, go into the world, love your neighbors. So prepare your mind for action. But the second thing that we see, the second thing that we see in that one verse, 13, it says self-control. Self-control. Some translations has it as be sober. And what that really means is here two concepts. One is refrain from drunkenness so that you can think straight. <laughs> Boy, are we thinking straight in this day and time? Think about this. And, and be steady in your mind. So that's the two things under that self-control. You know, be, uh, refrain from drunkenness so you can think straight and be steady in your mind. In other words, have balanced judgment. Balanced judgment. Sometimes we come under the control of fear. You remember as a child, it might be children watching this, or teenagers, whatever age group, has fear conquered you at times where you could not sleep? Has fear conquered you where you were scared to even uh, you know, talk to anybody? Frightened. And that's what's happened, folks, to us. We sometimes have become so under control of fear, we forget about the power of a mighty God. Fear can damage us in so many ways. And this fear is damaging our world today. So don't be drunk 
and the ways of the world. Don't be intoxicated by constant bad news. We need to hear the good news. Jesus is alive. God is still in the miracle business. And we got the power of the Holy Spirit. So be under self-control. So we see that. Prepare your mind. Be under self-control. And the third concept is set your hope fully on the grace. Oh, there's some things in that one section of that verse. It says, set. That means you've got to do your part. God's done his part. God has absolutely done his part. There's nothing, uh, well, I know he can, he's still working. He will always, but he sent his son, son, Jesus. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He's done his part. It's now for us to set what our hope fully on the grace. It means you've got to do your part. It doesn't come automatically. It doesn't drop in place and bing, that's it. Our hope needs to be checked every day. So as you're getting up, putting those feet on the floor, as I said, is your hope in the world? Nope. Is your hope in mankind? Nope. Is your hope even in you? No. Our hope is in the power of God. Think about it. Our hope is in God, His power, His presence, and His love. That's where our hope is. And so next in that, that word there, it says set and then put fully. Fully. Think about it. A partial hope is not hope at all. A partial God is not our God. So put it fully, that hope fully in God who is all powerful, who is all knowing. And yes, who is ever present even today. Yes, no matter what may be happening. And I want to tell you. This year, January 1 to now, has been one of the craziest years of my life, and probably yours too. And I hope we don't have to go through this again. But see, all this crazy stuff that's happened, we still got hope. We still have hope as a believer in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus lives, we can have this hope. As a believer, always be reminded of this. It's going to get better. Did you know that? It's going to the best is always to come. Always to come. If we take our last breath today, think about it. If we take our last breath today as a believer, where we're going to be in the presence of God forever and ever. Amen. No waiting room, no timeout period. We're going to be in the presence of God. And so we'll be claiming that hope. Also realize this. If Jesus returns today, if he splits the sky and the trumpet blows and Jesus comes today as a believer in Jesus Christ, where are we going to be? Reigning with our brother Jesus. Oh man, claim that today. So until that time, what are we to do? Well, first is, if you're not a believer, if you've been just playing the game and never trusted Jesus as your Savior, you do realize you do not have hope. You do not have hope. You will not have hope until you give your heart and give your life to Jesus Christ. It's a very simple thing to do. Confess that you're a sinner and then invite Jesus into your heart. It's very simple. And we'll be glad to help you more with this. And you, you probably already know what to do. You just haven't done it. But your hope is in Jesus, not what you do. And then for you that are believers... You know Jesus is your Savior. Rejoice in being saved. Rejoice in being saved. Give thanks for how God has poured His mercy out upon you. He's poured His mercy out upon you. Praise Him 
For He is with you today. He is with you today. No matter what comes today, what's tomorrow, whatever uh, report comes out this week, our hope is in Jesus Christ. Why? Jesus lives within you. Hope is certain. Hope is certain because there's an empty tomb. Hope is certain because there's a mighty God. Hope is certain because the Holy Spirit is indwelling us today. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every one that's watching this or maybe listening to it later on, that they know this precious hope. Lord, that this world, and yes, I'm, we're going to follow government guidelines and regulations, and we're not going to be rebellious to that point. But Lord, our hope is not in government. Our hope is not in medicine. Our hope is in you. And that's what we're going to be trusting today. Lord, today, let us be obedient. Let us prepare our minds for action. Lord, let us, let us be about your work. Lord, just thank you. Thank you. For us that are believers, that you have poured out so much mercy already upon us. Lord, we're just dripping with your mercy. Oh, that's something to be so thankful for. Bless now each and every one. And let us live a life of faith. Let us live a life of joy. Let us live a life of hope because of you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you do not know Jesus your Savior, you need to talk to someone. Please feel free to call me. I'll give you my cell phone. Yes, I know I'm taking a chance. My cell phone number is 864-812-0073. And I'd be glad to share with you the good news of Jesus Christ. But if you're living somewhere else, find you a, a good old Christian that knows to share the gospel. And they'll lead you to the, through the plan of salvation. If you need to rededicate your life, I'd love to hear that. If you need a prayer for others, please let me know. You can, you can email me at pastor at gaffneysouthside.com. Uh, though we're going through all this, that doesn't mean we can't still communicate. But the main thing today is your hope is in Jesus Christ. Boy, prepare yourself. The world says this, but I'm listening to the Lord. May God bless you.